Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Bernice Bennett, and joining me is Alvin Blakes. Alvin will be discussing his new blog, Almost Disappeared, Unearthing My Family History. Alvin Blakes is a a lifelong organizer and community worker who has been researching African history since he was a teenager and has traveled to Africa, Europe, the Caribbean, and all over the United States to pursue his studies. Now, for over 20 years, he has researched his family's history from Woodville, Wilkerson County, Mississippi, back to the late 1700s in the eastern U.S., He is a member of the Dallas Genealogical Society's African American Genealogy Interest Group. And this is uh, Alvin's second or third time on the show. Some of you may recall that he did give a presentation on the Civil War Pension Files Reveals Valuable Family History. So let me just give a warm welcome back to Alvin Blake's to the show. Welcome, Alvin. Uh, thank you, Bernice. Thank you for having me again. I think it was, it's already been three or four years since we did the uh, the last show, but thank you for having me back again. I know, and it was a fascinating show, and I really hope that individuals will go back and listen to that show. Well, Alvin, before we really get into talking about Almost Disappeared, Tell us a little bit more about your background. You said you had you know, over 20 years of experience, so tell us about those 20 years of experience. So my 20 years of experience uh, basically goes back to uh, just cataloging, I guess, in my mind, stories I heard, uh, the family tale, little parts of stories. You know, we didn't really have, as far as I recall, persons who sat down and told us whole stories organized stories, but there were always little fragments of stories that we always had back in uh, when I would uh, travel to uh, Mississippi, Woodville, Mississippi in particular, where all my family is from, on all sides of my family. My, I grew up in Baton Rouge. I was born in New Orleans. grew up with, like, like so many people born in that uh, baby boom era. We didn't have a hospital in Baton Rouge, so we made the trek down to New Orleans. I was born in New Orleans. grew up in Baton Rouge, but every summer I would go to Mississippi and stay with my grandparents on both sides. So that's kind of where it started. Just uh, every summer, being in the in, in the country uh, as a as a 
teenager, as a young person, as a teenager, and then hearing some of the stories, and then uh, probably a little over 20 years ago, um, I think it was one of my cousins said he was doing some research, and then it, it, it you know, it just, uh, I just realized I had all this information that I already had, and I began, you know, really studying back when, when there was only microfilm, and now, you know, and and doing years of study, and with the new methodologies coming out with all of the, the internet, it's really blossomed into um, really a passion for me in terms of having a methodology for doing it and sharing that methodology. So let's talk about Almost Disappeared. Now tell us the story behind the name Almost Disappeared. Okay, so the story behind the name Almost Disappeared is a long story. I'll try to make it uh, pretty succinct. So the the title was going to be Disappeared. The word disappeared is, has several meanings. It has a political meaning. Uh, and historical meaning, it, you know, disappeared means something that's gone away. Disappeared also has a political meaning in places like South America, when people were when the government would go in and eliminate and kill people. That's another term if you look it up for disappeared. And so the reason why I went to disappeared is because we also in our history have people who disappeared. And the way the story <clears throat> goes is, I was at a um, family reunion. Uh, back about 20 years ago, a cousin came up to me, and uh, we were at a family union down in Woodville on Denegal Road. That's a shout-out to all the Woodville people who are listening or people from Wilson County. We're down on Denegal Road. As far as you can go until the road runs out, it becomes Section School Road. We had a family union down there back about 20 years ago. And so my co- one of my cousins came up to me, and he said, you know, I heard you were doing family research. Have you heard anything about a riot? That happened. He said, our great-great-grandmother said that that was a riot. And that's all he remembered. He couldn't remember what year it was. And so that led me off to searching for this riot. I didn't know, had never heard of a riot. I asked people in town about a riot. And it took two or three years to find out what that riot was. What that riot was was the um, Reconstruction era where we had men coming back from the war, military men who had fought and won their freedom from the Civil War. We had the majority, because most of those in the uh, what they call the Natchez District, which would be Wilkinson County, Adams County, across the, uh, the river in the Louisiana, Concordia, Tensaw Parish. It was almost 75% of the people were uh, former enslaved people who had the political power to win the vote. So we had the some military um, people that came back from the, from the war. We had um, our own schools that the Freedmen's Bureau had set up. We had political powers, and then we began to, with the Freedmen's Bureau, have labor contracts to get a fair uh, wage for our labor. So that's Reconstruction, no matter where you are. That, that was the Reconstruction period. The Freedmen's Bureau was supposed to help um, newly freed uh, people to establish those four economic posts or those four types of posts to govern themselves. And so what happened was we all know, some of us know the story of Colfax, the Colfax massacre everywhere in the South where they, we were in the majority. We know what happened to overturn the vote because we had senators and congressmen from all over the South. What happened was a lot of the ex Confederates got together and they decided to take back and intimidate people and kill people and massacre people. So what I found out was, that this also happened 
in Wilkerson County and several other counties uh, nearby all over the South. Um, and then I discovered a congressional hearing that talked in detail about all of these counties and all the massacres that happened in these counties. And sure enough, my cousin who asked me, his name was Oliver James. His, one of his great, great uncles, Kenna James, testified before Congress as to what happened in Wilkerson County. And he told the names of those who were killed and the names of those who did the killing. He told all of the circumstances. It's like 175 pages in this uh, 1875 committee, congressional uh, hearing that did the investigation of what happened in the South during during the Reconstruction era. So the original story was told by someone, uh, by my great-great-grandmother, and in another piece of writing I'm doing, I tell it like this, 16-year-old Celeste Turner and the rest of the Edgefield Plantation members emerged from the cane breaks after the massacre was over. And the second part of the story is that happened in May of 1876. In June, Kenner James went to Jackson to testify before Congress. So I have another longer story that says 16-year-old Kenner James sat before Congress to tell what he saw happen that day in Wilkerson County, Mississippi. So that is the story of disappeared that's always at the back of my mind. But mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want to name the blog disappeared because this information is available, and um, you know we lived through that to tell this story. I named it almost disappeared. So I know that's a long story, but almost disappeared. It's really the, 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 a metaphor for all of the writing about all the material I've uncovered that almost disappeared. But as long as you have that one little fragment, you can bring that story back and bring those names back. So sorry for such a long answer, but that is the, that's the answer to that story. And that's always in my mind on my, on my, on my blog, of bringing back those pieces of information and sharing those and telling those stories again. Well, it's it's wonderful that you would use almost disappeared because just by the fact that someone told you about the riot, it stimulated your interest and your desire to find out what happened. And the congressional report had it in there, the documentation. Yes. And so right. let's talk about your blog and and how and, and who designed this blog. So the blog was designed by um, Olivia Dorsey Peacock, and she's at the bottom of the, if you go down to the bottom of the blog, you click on there, and you will see um, her her website. But she's a genealogist and a family historian who does wealth design and uh, family history websites and blogs. And, you know, if you have a blog that uh, you already have, she can do maintenance on the blog and website, redesign on the blog. I tried uh, Bernice for, oh, I would say I've been trying to get this blog launched for uh, over a year. And the first person I had, we really didn't communicate in terms of what I was looking for. Another person tried. So web designers and blog designers are not, you'd be surprised, not that easy to find. Um, but um, this, uh, Olivia uh, Peacock was somebody I met down in Austin at a, at a, a genealogy conference. And immediately I could tell that we communicated in terms of what I was looking for. 
you know, as far as the colors I'm looking for, the color palette is a, is an African color palette that I use on my blog, and she understood what that meant and, and how, to, how to use the colors and those type things. So she is really a person that I communicate well with. The blog is not finished, but it's getting there. There's a lot more sections I have to add about family history, et cetera. But uh, for those of you who are thinking about blogging, you got to find somebody who you communicate with, your ideas with, who can let you see the idea that you have on what you want your blog not only to look like, but what you want it to feel like. So it's a process. And I'm saying that because it took me a while to get there. Okay, so who is the intended audience for, for this blog? So the, the, I've done about seven, I guess, seven blogs now, and so I'm beginning to kind of see who the audience is. It's a combination of family members. There are a lot of family members who have a lot of interest because I have about eight to ten branches of my family I'll be exploring, but also the local genealogy group here. The, uh, there's a Wilson County genealogy uh, Facebook page and an East Feliciano, Feliciano Facebook page and a you know it's a genealogy of the Color Truth page, uh, page. So all those are um, the audience for me. They're interested in this information because it's very local in terms of where it is, but at the same time it's a story that is much larger and the blog is showing you how the local fits into the national and um, um, the situation all over the country. For instance, if you want to know, uh, if, you want, if we're talking about Reconstruction, everybody should ask themselves, where was my family during Reconstruction, and what did they go through? You know, those kind of questions we really have never asked ourselves. And, and so I'm hoping to open up uh, people's thinking that way. Where was my family during Reconstruction in 1876? What did they go through, um, and how did they make it to the point where uh, we are now? So, you know, the blog is, is meant to be um, tell both my my family history and, I'll, you know, in the future I'll, I'll have a lot more personalized blogs, but it's also able to say it, it gives a context of uh, what I'm trying to do, start off with a context of what I'm trying to do, and then move to the specific uh, information. A lot of it I'll be sharing and then show historically how to use that situation to create um, show the methodology to create your own information from that. So what are the clues that can lead you to uh, discovering for your own family what I've discovered? And and your conclusions may not be the same as my conclusion, but the methodology is there to reach a conclusion, to pull out those fragments of stories and to be able to tell the story so we can give uh, our ancestors their place in history, their proper place in history. Right. So while you will be discussing the methodology, the how-to, what type of resources will you bring forth so that folks can at least understand where to go to find information that they uh, will need to connect the dots for their family members? Yeah, and so the first few blogs, yeah, I've given the resources. Uh, The first one was on the school census, again, hoping that, uh, people realized that there were schools, there were black school censuses back in the 1800s where well, you can a lot of times find your family. So I want to give the resources on how you can, a link for how you can find those school censuses back in the 1800s when it comes to the uh, Civil War and the veteran census. I want to give the link for how you can go to that census and um, 
look through, look, find that. And by way of example, if you live in Louisiana and you live in a particular parish or you live in um, South Carolina or anywhere else, you can go to that particular county or parish, look at that census and see if you have ancestors on that census. So uh, by way of example, I intend to show that. Um, one of the things I, I mentioned in this latest blog is about the if there was a Civil War soldier, they may be somewhere on the 1890 census somewhere, and they may be buried if they died after 1900 in a national cemetery in Natchez or New Orleans or uh, Port Hudson or one of those places. So I've, I've advised people to go there. So based on the information um, that I've seen in terms of how these soldiers, where they joined up, what units they fought in, where they lived and died at, um, then that is a instructional for people to see, hey, let me just check and see if I can find my ancestors the same way. Um, of course, I talk about pension files, and you know, as you well know, the pension file is, is an incredible source of information for family history. It is one of those files that if it's a file where you had family members testify for the veteran to get his pension file, that file usually is somewhere between 1890 and 1910 is when they applied for and received their pension. But the family members or the neighbors or whoever the witnesses were in that pension file, a lot of times they have the information along with the soldier about what plantation they came off before 1865 and who, uh, you know, and all the particulars about how they got there, if they ran away or if they, what their circumstances were that led them to join a particular military group uh, and where they came from. So a lot of times on those documents they would list who the master's name was and what plantation they were on. So that's the importance of the, the 1890 census and the Civil War soldiers. Not, uh, not that lifting their names up alone would be enough, but to also use their pension files to travel back in time before the Civil War when they were enslaved on these plantations which I call what I call the gateway back into that history. Which is a, a fascinating gateway because I've read your pension file. So I know <laughs> all of the valuable information you were able to uncover on your ancestor as well as other people in your community. So tell us how often will you be blogging? Well, at least monthly. I don't know if it'll be uh, regular, regular than that. These these last couple of blogs, I've just put out four blogs at a time because I wanted to get that information out there. But you know, once I get comfortable with it, it may be more regular. Maybe once every two, uh, two weeks. But um, the thing that's encouraging is I know that people are reading, reading the information because uh, I can see the comments out there. I can see the number of people. You know, almost it's over four hundred people and. They've read over, you know, 1,500,000 pages, and the average person stays on the page five minutes, so they're just not turning it on, looking at it. They're reading it, and they're making comments mm-hmm. on it. And and I've had, you know, one person to say that um, they would like to take the blog. They asked for my permission to take the blog and use it in their study group. And so that is a, that's a phenomenal response from people in terms of um, I think they're reading it. I think they're, that it's clear enough for them to understand and I'm communicating with them, and that's what that's the whole purpose of it, is to be clear and communicate with people all of these stories um, that we all have uh, to tell about our family. Well, also, will you uh, 
allow people to offer you stories about their family members, or will you simply focus on your family history? Now, that's a hard question. <laughs> it takes, <laughs> as you know, it takes so much it takes so much time to, uh, to to really research this and make it uh, come alive that that yeah. is a tall order. I'd put it like that. That's a tall order to do it that way. So what I'm offering right now is by way of example, a clear example mm-hmm. of how to of how of, of how to do it because it's uh, you know and and the thing is, Benita, uh, as you know, you you you've written a couple of books, as you know. Very few, very seldom do you get a family story that's a whole complete story. Uh, right. Somebody who sat who sat down and told you A to Z. Here's the story. If that was the case, you could simply write it up just like they told you. Normally, it's a fragment. It's a little saying or it's a little piece of something that means something. Then you have to take that, put it in context, explore it as far as you can, surrounding the documents to find out why your family, why that story was important to your family, or that little phrase or that little saying. Or that little one little snippet of history. So it's like if I gave you a thousand piece puzzle, but I took away half the pieces and I don't give you the picture in the box. How do you put that story back together and tell that story? That's kind of like what what this work is, as as you well know. Absolutely. So what's coming up? Well, coming up with a lot more. I'm trying to get it. Uh, you know, I'm working on, on on different blogs to make sure they're clear. Certain um, answers I'm going to do profile articles on. If they're because you know when you do this work, you're looking for your direct ancestors. Sometimes that's not the one you're going to find the most information on. So again, you're going to get the information on as far back as you can on anybody that you find. That's kind of how this work this work goes. So I have profiles on certain ancestors and longer profiles on some and not so long on others. So as I go back and look in, in Wilson County, um, I know that part of my family was there on Edgefield Plantation, and they came into that, a lot of them came into that area in the 1700s with the, the, the original owners like, like uh, Charles Percy, who enslaved part of my family, or the, on, the, on the Woodstock Plantation where the James family is. They came off the Butlers and from the Butler Plantations in St. Charles. Uh, the Veal family were on Hollygrove plantation, so I've got to trace those family stories all the way back on those plantations, and 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 then get to you know the eastern United States. What started there in the late 1700s was the Revolutionary War. The Revolutionary War. Those soldiers who fought in the Revolutionary War were given a lot of land grants. They were given land, and what they did then was buy and enslave people to work that land. And then they travel from the east, and that's a pattern throughout my family. They travel from the eastern seaboard to Tennessee or, or the Appalachian area, Alabama, or um, um, and those areas. Then they moved on from there to places like Woodville, where they had a lot of land, uh, Natchez, those type of areas. So that's how my family got from east to west. So that's the story in itself in terms of what that patterning is that shows how they travel. So some members of the family have incredible stories, uh, Civil War stories. Uh, some of it is the trend of how they got into a place like Woodville in like 1800, late 1700s, 1800s. And then I have the records to show how, you know, that family may have been uh, purchased there, bought again by another family, uh, bought again by somebody else, sold again. All those are stories that um, I feel that, that 
I'm I'm supposed to tell. So that's that's what I'll be blogging, and not just all of those, but some and some of the stories will be personal stories, also. So that's a lot. Alvin, it is a lot, and you have a wealth of information to share. I mean, even talking about back to the Revolutionary War and the land grants and who the people were and how they traveled from East Tennessee into Mississippi. So um, I look forward to just reading all of the various blogs when, as you uh, write them, and I know it's not easy. But I certainly appreciate the fact that you've taken up this task. I know you and I were both a part of the genealogy writing group, and so right. we had to to work on on writing. And it, right. it's it's so important to tell that story, as you said. Just taking just it's a little bit of information that you may get, but you have to try to put that puzzle together. And that's one of the things that you will be offering to everyone in almostdisappeared.com. Well, do you have any closing remarks before we close out today? Well, the, the closing remarks I would have was uh, I'm, I appreciate everyone, and I encourage everyone to give comments, to read the blog, and if you find if it's helpful to you, it leads you to find something. I would appreciate people to let me know because that's why I'm I'm doing this. So, uh, and that's very encouraging. And, um, you know, and I know people all over from all over or uh, read the blog because you get, you get the, you know, the analytics, you don't know who the person is, but if you know what, you know, what part of the country they're from, you know, what time they check in and all those type of things. So, you know, I'm always looking at that to know that I'm connecting with the audience and that they're connecting and responding with me. So the comments are extremely important, and I appreciate that. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining me today. And for everyone else that tuned in to listen, and remember, it's almostdisappeared.com. Thank you so much, and have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Alvin. Thank you. Mm -hmm.